Dope Discussions Podcast. Dope Discussions, gay to Erica, woke discussions. Mob ties, how they rock and think they both was cousins. Gifting you with their words so you might know you something. Just go and look for them live, they do it every Sunday. Every Sunday. And we gon' bring you that dope. And we gon' bring you that dope. It's gay to beat it, baby. Make state to state, baby, coast to coast. Like the vibe, baby, spark to jokes. And we gon' bring you that dope. Come talk with Erica, man, talk with G. And all you gotta do is talk with me. And we gon' bring you that dope. And we gon' bring you that dope. And we gon' bring you that dope. Hello, beautiful people. This is Erica from Dope Discussions. Wanted to tell y'all about my new project dropping this summer. It's a book. It's called In Spite of It All. It was written to encourage and inspire everyone with the message that failure is never failure until you give in to it. This book will bring you true life stories from courageous women who decided to take the stones that were thrown at them and build a bridge to the other side of their own personal success. These ladies are from different walks of life, but the one thing they all have in common is their belief that it was God who brought them through it all. He was there every step of the way, providing them with the divine strength to be an overcomer. These ladies pray that by sharing their stories, that you will be inspired to keep pushing through your own trials and be encouraged in knowing that if God called you to it, He will definitely see you through it. Pre-orders are available March 15th. I will be going live. I will be sending out special gifts with all of those pre-orders. For the first 100 pre-orders that I get, you will be getting a personalized ink pen with the in spite of it all, God's got your back. That's going to be inscribed on the pen. I'm also going to be doing bracelets that also says In spite of it all, God's got your back. So for my first 100 pre-orders, you will be getting those special gifts. Reach out to me on my Instagram, which is E underscore class 100. Or you can friend me on Facebook, which is Erica Warren. Or you can follow my author's page on Facebook, which is author Erica Warren. Get those pre-orders in. You don't want to miss out. This is going to be an awesome project. This is going to move mountains. This is going to be another Amazon bestseller. I guarantee it. Thank y'all so much for listening. And we're going to get into this episode. All right, dope discussion listeners. Welcome back to another episode. I hope y'all had a great week, and I hope you're ready for another great 
episode conversation. We have a special guest with us this evening. We have Miss Nicole Williams. I'm so excited to have her on. I'm going to let her introduce herself. Um, We got a great conversation, a topic for y'all, but I'm going to give Miss Nicole the floor first so she can tell y'all who she is and what she does, and then we'll go from there. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I am Nicole Elisa, Nicole Elisa Williams, but most people, my audience knows me as Nicole Elisa. I am a transformational love coach. I work with, I've started working with women for many years, and now I've recently started to open up and and start working with men too. And what I do is that I help people truly attract their ideal partner um, through the inner work that is required for, for a person to be aligned for that love and, and know also how to keep it and grow it, right? Some of us want love, but we might not be fully in alignment or ready for it. And that's a conversation that is really important to have. It is. It is. I'm sorry, y'all. I forgot to, t- to introduce my illustrious co-host here. I just, oh, Lord. We, I wouldn't we, say illustrious. We, uh. we, got the, we got the girl power going, and I forgot about my boy right. over there. Right. Say hello to the people, Gator. You see what she do? She just throws us in the corner. <laughs> Throw us fellas in the corner. Like I said, that's the if my beard was popping, then maybe I would be, you know what I'm saying, more front and center. But no, what's going on, everybody? How y'all doing this week? Hope y'all staying safe and not letting this whole corona whatever, you know, mess with y'all heads right now. You know, just sit back and listen, you know, get your mind off of it for a second. Let's do it. Yes. So, listening audience, we're going to get into the topic. Miss Nicole is going to be the perfect person. I got some questions for her. Um, um, She's going to give y'all some good insight. Um, So, I think this is something that's very important for people who are going through a breakup of a relationship because, like you said, it's very important. We all want that great relationship. But a lot of us is carrying baggage from past relationships that's hindering us from finding that love that we want. So I see a lot of people get stuck in this kind of limbo of waiting for closure from a previous relationship. It's either, you know, they don't understand why the relationship ended. They want an explanation or they're waiting for some kind of apology from the person who previously hurt them. So they get stuck um, waiting for that. And then, you know, they won't love, but they don't know how to move forward to that next step. So I wanted Miss Nicole to really um, elaborate and share with us how she feels about the concept of getting closure from a past relationship. I love that question. I feel like what happens for a lot of people is that we have a tendency to take things personal. If a person ends a relationship, it means that I did something wrong and you can question yourself a lot and you try to figure out how can I be better? Now, how can I be better is a good question to have and it's a strong commitment that you can have for yourself. I would just recommend for everybody to not try to fix things or take the blame for something that is probably not yours in the first place. 
one of the things that I recommend for everybody here is to know that sometimes we don't just carry baggage from past relationships. We carry it from the relationship that we saw from our parents Mm -hmm. and even from our ancestors, right? So when we, I want to first start saying how this identity or this choice of taking things personal starts. Mm -hmm. When we are kids, let's say that the relationship of our parents was not a good one. From ages zero to seven or sometimes even up to 10, when a kid sees dysfunction between their parents' relationship, a kid doesn't really understand that it's something that has to do with the parent. For a kid, everything revolves around them. Mm. So they see their parents fighting. It's very easy for a kid to think there must be something wrong with me because I'm so lovable. I'm so cute. Why are they fighting? Why aren't they happy with me? They don't know how to differentiate that it's something that's going on on the outside, that it has to do with another person. So it's a stressful thought for a kid. And what that does is that the kid doesn't want to admit that there's something going on with their parents because for a kid that represents maybe not having food, not having a roof, you know, for where to live, it's just too stressful to think that something on the outside Mm-hmm. is going on that could affect their status quo. So what a kid does is that the kid decides that they're going to try to change themselves, mm-hmm. change the situation. So because this is something that is not addressed with the kid from an early age, and sometimes it is addressed, but the kid already internalized something. Yeah. And from ages zero to seven or to 10, what happens is that a brain, like a kid's brain is in theta brain waves. It's just subconscious. Mm-hmm. And as the kid grows, it's like we store all of that information in the back of our minds. Many people are walking around the world with certain ideas about love, about the love that they can have based on what they saw with their parents' relationship. And then two, with, like also with, breakups or situations that are really charged emotionally Mm -hmm. that they really store it within. And that's something that I want to share with everybody because many of the situations that people are attracting nowadays and even the need for closure comes from not having closure with what happened with their parents when they were kids. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're walking around the world with the state of thinking like I can be better. I can do things differently. And one of the things that I really invite for everybody is to like, you know, start becoming aware of this so that we can start not taking things personally. The moment we get closure from what happened with our parents and even explore what are some potential subconscious beliefs that we have about love, the more, the moment you get closure with your subconscious beliefs about love, that's the moment where you can start letting go really easily. Because I do believe that what you're saying, like, I know that what you're saying is correct. Many people have this need to know this need to get closure and they don't let go of something, but they don't even know why they're doing that. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to really bring that, bring that up for awareness because it's really big. Yes, it it is. I think 
like you said, all of it starts from the example of love and relationships you see from a childhood, from your childhood, and you carry that into your adult relationships. And sometimes you get into a pattern where you get into relationships, it doesn't work out, and they all seem to start and end the same way. And you're trying to figure out, well, what am I doing wrong? What, you know, what is what do I need to learn from this? And but you still continue to do the same things, not understanding that it's something way back here from your childhood that's controlling your outcomes. Um, and you don't even know that you don't really consciously realize that. Um, once I figured that out for myself, it was mind blowing. Yeah. Um, to look back at the relationships and the results that I kept getting over and over again with just a different person. And um, once I was able to figure that out, I was able to change everything. So, yeah, that was, yeah, you was right on point with that. Definitely, okay. definitely. It's funny that you mentioned, too, as far as like the fact that your parents, the things that your parents and what actually happened with your parents can affect how you do relationships and how you treat relationships now. I mean, my mom and dad divorced when I was maybe like four or five. And I remember back then feeling like, hey, am I the reason? You know, what's going on? Is it me and my little brother? You know, I remember and it, it's funny now, but it's not funny. I remember thinking, you know, uh, my brother has snuck out the house to go to the uh, to, to, to go to the park one night. And, you know, he's only like what, two years old at the time, but he was a little bad two-year-old. And he crossed the street. We were at my grandmother's house. And I just remember us not going back to our house anymore. So I equated that with, wait, you know, did we do something wrong? Did my brother sneaking over to the park make our dad not want us anymore? Or, mm. you know, what's going on? But that's something that affected me later on in life, you know, just kind of being really particular and not speaking my mind on certain things for fear of losing someone, you know, mm-hmm. um, just little petty things, wow. you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I completely, um, I can associate with what you're talking about right there. Definitely. That's yeah. huge. That's huge yeah. that you have the memory of it. it. It even shows how emotionally charged it was for you. Yeah. You know, some people have the memory. Some people just black it out. A lot of people tell me, like, I don't remember anything from my childhood. And many times it's because the subconscious doesn't want you to. Yeah. Right, I right. even had, I even had as a child, I had resentment toward my mother be- because my father wasn't there. And I kind of felt like it was her fault yeah. um, that he wasn't there. Like, you know, everybody else has their dad. Why did you send my dad away? You know? And as a kid, I didn't understand that it was better for them not to be together because they were they had an abusive relationship. I just wanted what I wanted. Yes, that's right, huge. Exactly. Yeah. So do you feel, Nicole, like a lot of people get stuck in that closure um, space and it's because they're holding out hope that. You know, they can hold that door open that maybe I can stick around along a little bit. This person might change. They might get it. And then it might be still a chance for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on the case. Mm-hmm. What I can say is that some people have abandonment fears, right? And they're, they're 
identity and their subconscious is stuck in trying to get the parent to come back or their first boyfriend or girlfriend that left. Mm-hmm. And because they were still young at that time and, I, and they identified everything that would happen in the outside world as something that had to do with them, they're still stuck. Not that the p- actual person is stuck now, but like more so their identity and their subconscious is stuck. So what happens is that it, it just activates so many feelings of maybe not being good enough. And if I get this person to stay, then I'll be good enough. Um, many times what happens is that there's like beliefs that are rooted in lack and survival. So one of the things that I notice is that we got to really eliminate what I like to call the survival brain or the survival mind when it, specifically when it comes to love and, you know, yes, I'm a, I'm a love coach, but I'm also an engineer. So sometimes I like to explain things this way because love is such a big concept. We are constantly told, Love just comes to you. It just happens. And it makes a lot of people feel out of control. They're like, if it doesn't work out with this person, then I might never get the chance to have love again. Right? Yes. Yeah. It just shows the survival mind, that fear of the kid with their first breakup or their first breakups or what happened with their parents. And that is not the truth. I, I really believe that we should have kind of like a love school for everybody. You know how we are taught that we can have um, career success, we can have health, et cetera, if we, if we work for it. And we're taught these things from a very early age, but we are not taught these things when it comes to love. The only training that we have around love is what as kids we perceived around us growing up. And then through the movies or everything that we watch shows us that just love just comes to you. And if you're lucky, it's going to come. And it's not the truth. Yes. I love that because so many people have a romanticized idea of what love is. It's like a fairy tale that we've been fed our whole lives. And, you know, we tell each other, you only get that one true love. And if you lose that one true love, you'll never get it again. And so that's what makes people hold on because they feel like I've I really fall in love with this person. I love this person. This, you know, I've put my all and this is going to be the person for the rest of my life. When that doesn't work out, then they feel like, well, that was my only shot. And I think that's what gets people stuck in that closure and not wanting to move forward and not wanting to do it again, because that was my one true love there. So. Yeah, I can raise my hand on that because I was one of those people, you know, I was always one of those people who's like, you know, I believe in the fairy tale. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's it's like I said before, you know, my mom and dad, they we were well, part since I could remember. So mm-hmm. there was no real example in my presence of what this love thing is supposed to look like. There, like mm-hmm. you said, there was no instructional for me to see what love is. So I got a lot of my ideas from old R&B songs, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, songs, you know the movies mm-hmm. and things like that. So, you know, hey, if, if, if JoJo and KC tell me I need to do this for this woman, then that's how I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just, you, you live in that fairy tale and sometimes you know, it, it, it could be a negative thing because I know I held on to a lot of relationships a little longer than I probably should have because I still was listening to, to those same old love songs like, you know, we got to fight to make this thing work and da-da-da. So I just <laughs> sat there and I 
continue to hold on to things when I probably should have said, you know what, this was a learning experience. Maybe I should go ahead and let this go because I'm not being fulfilled. And the love, the fairy tale idea is actually keeping me in bondage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, the, the tragic thing about that is that most of the time when we think we found that true love is when we really don't know what love is. It's right, in that right. age where you haven't really figured yourself out yet. So you really don't know what love is. A lot of times we have a dysfunctional idea of what love is. And so once you found, you think you found your real first true love or your only true love during that period of time, once you grow and evolve and then you really understand what love is, you feel like your chance was blown back then. So you kind of have like a cynical view of love by that time of your life. Mm -hmm. That's very right, right. tragic. That's huge. Mm -hmm. And I always say that it also depends. So I want to really highlight that it's how a person perceives love and what they perceive growing up. It's not necessarily what happened is what you perceived of it and right. what you made it mean. Mm -hmm. And that is huge because we are sold so much survival and stress when it comes to love. Mm. When we watch movies that it just puts, it puts a lot of stress on people, right? You're always worried or wondering rather than using your power to create something different. So let's say you're experiencing a breakup. That is the best time to actually start working on yourself. Because sometimes what happens is that you meet a person that maybe checks some of your boxes, but mm -hmm. not all of them. But because you took in those beliefs about love, you try to stay with that person, try to you know fix things, get closure, do all these things when the person is not the right person. So that moment, like, you know, you're experiencing a breakup, perfect moment, the best moment. That question that you mentioned earlier about uh, how can I be better? That's the moment where you can start asking yourself that question, not trying to uh, go back to somebody that ended a relationship. Mm -hmm. But what it means is to go within and start to explore what your beliefs are and really heal from them. You need to be honest with yourself and you cannot lie to yourself. So if you are the type of person that is feeling stress, anxiety over a breakup, right? Ask yourself if you've had that even inside of that relationship and start to work on that for yourself because I can guarantee that in most cases you've had that stress and that anxiety, not just during the relationship, you probably had it for all of your life. Mm -hmm. And that is the fears that you took in or imprinted when you were growing up. So if you can, that question of how can I be better? If you take your time to really start to heal from those things and release those things, maybe from your subconscious or your body, wherever you're storing that amount of energy, that would be so good for you so that you can free up kind of like energy and space to attract something different. There's many parts of the body actually that I don't know why I'm going so scientific with this, but like there's many parts of the body actually that if you believe that love is a certain way, um, you could be in a store and it's like that part of your body will like connect with the person that has that vibration has that same energy. And that's how you start repeating the same patterns. But if you free up, that energy or those um, decisions that you made when you were growing up, if you free them up from your subconscious or from your mind, 
wow, Mm. that is the moment where you're going to start to notice like, hey, I'm not attracted to this kind of person anymore, Mm. right? right? For some people, it can just require awareness. And for some people, I do recommend some sort of form of healing modality or, uh, or experience where they're working with somebody. And there's a reason for that. See, the big thing when it comes to love is that it all depends on the amount of love that you perceived that you got growing up or in your experiences and how you internalize them and what you did with the energy that you received. Because some people might have experienced a really like small amount of love, but then they interpret it in a specific way that supported them in them getting over it mm-hmm. in a healthy way, right? In, in, in an empowering way. And therefore, sometimes all they need is the awareness of what their beliefs are. And they have wired themselves to such a space where they can just let it go. Mm-hmm. But if for some reason, maybe choosing yourself growing up did not come easy. It wasn't safe. You felt like if you chose yourself, you would lose your parents, you would lose your loved ones, etc. You might have ulterior motives in your mind of, you know, when it comes to choosing yourself. So even though you might have the awareness of what your belief is about love after you listen to, to or the, the podcast, what happens is that there could be a part of you that still doesn't want to let it go. So that is where a person might just want to stay like, no, but I need the closure. And it could be years. And they're like, but I need the closure still. Mm-hmm. And that's how, even though a person can listen to this and have awareness and move forward, others might not, but there's nothing wrong with the person who, who doesn't, you know, pick up on it and just uh, shakes it off or something like that. There's nothing wrong with it, like that person. We're all very innocent. We got to go back to the innocence in, in, in us and when we were growing up and how maybe fearful it was. So it's not like you might have gone through something tragic. It's just how you perceived it. Maybe uh, you didn't feel like your parents told you you were beautiful or that uh, dad loved you, something like that. And if that was the moment for you, mm-hmm. even though all you saw was happiness, mm-hmm. then you you got to work on it. Does that make sense? So it's yeah. about not making yourself wrong for how you internalized it because you were doing the best that you could as a kid around that time, right? With your, right. your not knowing at that time. Yeah. I, I want to share um, my personal experience with an, uh, a breakup. Um for the listeners out there, because a lot of us, we think once we get that closure, we're going to get that breath of relief. And then we're going to feel like we can move ahead in life. So um, my youngest son, him, his dad and I, we, we had a really passionate relationship. Um, I was really in love with him. And we had like a great friendship before we had a relationship. So that's what made me love him even more. But we had like a a tumultuous relationship where it was a breakup, get back together, breakup, get back together type of thing. And it was always when we get back together, it we felt like we were stronger um, mm. from missing each other. But I look back on it now, I realize it was just a toxic pattern. Um, that we were uh, going through. But at the very end, when we finally broke up for the last time, 
he just up and left with no explanation. And when I came home from work that day, all of his clothes were gone out of the closet and he was just gone. Um, didn't I mean, the night before we were on the sofa watching TV like normal, no argument, no nothing. So that was just out of the blue. And so that broke me, broke me down. Like I was functioning every day, but I was like, not there. I was just going through the motions of life because I know that's what I had to do in order to keep mm-hmm. taking care of myself and my kids. But I was checked out. And once I really, you know, started getting back to myself and getting over him, um, he came to the house one day and we sat down and we talked and he gave me this very heartfelt apology um, and he took all of the responsibility, you know, for the breakdown of the relationship. And he told me how great of a woman I was and how he hate he messed it all up. And, you know, for somebody who's been waiting for that apology and that explanation, thinking that's going to make me feel better and now I can go on with my life. It made me feel worse. Mm. It took like I had gotten to the point where I was over him, but getting that apology brought all of those feelings right back. And it made me have to start all over again with my process of getting over him. So I would say to anybody listening, closure is a myth. It's a myth. You don't need closure. You only need to pick yourself up and get yourself right. And move on because waiting for that other person to give you that apology or that explanation, they have complete control over you. And, you know, they get to decide when it's time for you to move forward in your life. And you never want to give anybody that much power. Um, So closure is a myth. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. Just trying to make sure that you close those doors and stop looking and peeking back, you know, uh, at the, you know, what's behind that door. That's that's really, really big. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people, including myself, (laughs) have Mm -hmm. been, uh, you know, guilty of that, you know, where you're you're you you put yourself in a situation where, you know, you may have gone on, you may have moved on, but there's still something in the back of your mind that's still holding on to the hope that, you know, Hey, maybe they'll know that they was wrong. I wish that they would pay for it or they would realize just how wrong they were. But then when you actually, when they get to that point, by then you should be already moved on like 30 yards away, but it Mm -hmm. brings you right back to, Mm -hmm. you know, where you were, when you were sitting there in that room alone thinking, I just wish they understood. Mm -hmm. You know? Yep. So yeah. Completely understand. I feel that. <laughs> I feel that. That's powerful. Yeah. If there's something I can say about that, I, I love what you shared about closure being a myth, and 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 even, you know, I'm I'm so happy that you were able to go through that work of of getting over that person, and that is huge. And as I was hearing, like you know, listening to your story, I, I noticed. I, I just feel so inspired to share the following with everybody. Mm-hmm. It is so important for us to choose to be with people who can receive love and who feel worthy of the love that is being given and, and who feel called to 
really honor and love you back. And it's also really important for us to be that type of person mm -hmm. asking ourselves really like a mind of space where I allow myself to receive love truly in a relaxed state of mind and, and being, mm -hmm. am I the person who, who is feeling really connected with their worth as they receive? Do I love to give love to? Mm -hmm. And why do I say this is because many times what happens is that you, you are the person, like I, I used to be the person where I want to give love. I wanted to kind of like heal people, right? Oh, this person doesn't receive love that well. Maybe my love is going to heal them. Maybe mm -hmm. you felt that way. Not so much in, like, not exactly in those words, but normally it doesn't work that way. Like that person needs to have at least a certain level of love for themselves mm -hmm. to be able to appreciate and receive what you are giving to them. And some of these subconscious beliefs that I was referring to earlier are the beliefs that make another person leave sometimes or disappear or treat you the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And it might not be that that person is a bad person. It's just that in their energy system, in their body, they do not know how to cope with love or receive love because in their subconscious or in their energy, love is not safe. Yes. So it's for me, right. I, I see it as a matter of responsibility. We need to be responsible when it comes to matters of love, right? Mm -hmm. Hold ourselves accountable to increase our capacity to receive love, to feel good in it, to feel worthy of it, and to want to give it back and to learn how to assess if the other person is in that space too, right? The person, it's like, it can create this, we can feel drained just by trying to give and give and give and give and give when a person is not having that responsibility with themselves to learn how to receive more of that love too. There's nothing wrong being with a partner that is healing, right? Because there is a lot of ego around this topic nowadays where it's like, oh, if that person is hurt, like you should let them go. Right. I, I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. The thing is though that we are both responsible for our healing and sometimes even giving love to a person like that in the moment could be a huge part of their healing. Now that person also needs to be responsible for going through that journey of healing themselves. A lot of people will be like, but how do I do that? Well, there's many ways, right? You know, there's talking with somebody, there's talking with a psychologist, there's people like me who do this coaching work or healing work. Um, there's many layers of healing that I go through with my clients, but it's like, do what you need to do for you so that you can be more apt in giving and receiving love and do it out of not the sense of there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. No, because that is actually part of the problem. You're still seeing yourself as that kid that feels that there was something wrong with you. Right. The answer is to love your healing and to love yourself enough and to know that there was nothing ever wrong with you and that you are worthy of that love. And I say to love the healing because it's only when you love something that you really nurture it. But if you are noticing that you have this energy, there might be something wrong with me. You might not follow through with the work you need to do for yourself or to even be able to receive the love that somebody else is giving to you 
or to get closure because you still, you are the person that's holding on to that belief. Right. So sometimes the first step of healing is letting go of that belief. Yeah. And that, that's one of the hardest thing for all of us as human beings is to retrain our brains. Yes. Um, because it's like a, it's like a hard drive of a computer. You got to wipe it to completely clean and download a new program. Um, and that's the hardest thing for us to do um, as people is, is let go because most of the times we don't even realize all of the subconscious beliefs that have been downloaded in our brain. That's controlling. Like, cause I heard this fact that the subconscious mind controls like 90% of what we do. The, t the conscious mind only has 10% of that. Um, and so even when we're trying to consciously do something and say something and think something, the subconscious mind kicks in and <laughs> takes over, just like driving a, a car. Once you learn how to drive that car, you're not driving it consciously anymore. Your subconscious kicks in and tells you, you know, put your feet on the brake or put your foot on the gas or turn here, right, turn there. Right. That's a subconscious thing now. A lot of people can drive and that's why most people can drive and look at their phone and drive and do the radio and drive and do all this other stuff because the driving is just being run right. by the subconscious mind. Exactly. Um, Although we shouldn't, by the way, uh, just to let everybody know, shouldn't do that. Right. We right. shouldn't do any of that. <laughs> no texting right. and driving. We're not a proponent. You know, we're not being a proponent of that. Just saying. <laughs> you know, just saying. So, you Nicole, know. what would you say is like if you had to name maybe like three practical hands on practices that people could apply to their life to um, get unstuck? You know, from for waiting from that for waiting for that closure, how would they what would they do to get unstuck? I love that. So, you know how the phrase that says like there's many more fish in the sea, like we've really got to ingrain that. And not only that, we've got to have bigger standards. So that is a huge thing. We got to know what we stand for, the type of love that we stand for. Sometimes we just open up our hearts just like that, but we've got to know what we stand for. And we've also got to ask ourselves if the person in front of us is compatible with our standards, mm -hmm. with the love that we desire to have and to give. And we've really got to start assessing if the, the person in front of us also has the willingness to grow mentally, emotionally, spiritually with you. And not just for the relationship, but for themselves too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like those are some practical things to do. Another thing that I want to say is that we first want to write down what the beliefs are that you might have around love, the beliefs that you have around men or women or dating. Mm -hmm. That's going to start giving you an insight. And like you said earlier, it's true that some beliefs you might not know because they're in your subconscious and they're hidden, mm -hmm. right? But we can start with the beliefs that we already know mm -hmm. and start working on them. And if you notice 
that you write that write them down and you're like, oh, these are so true. Like women are like this, men are like this. Mm-hmm. A good way to start shaking up that belief is just ask yourself that my mom or did my dad have that belief too? Mm-hmm. Now, how did that play out for them? Hmm. Are they happy right now? Right? right if right. they are happy right now, you could have a conversation with your parents to figure out what changed in them. Did they change their belief? Mm-hmm. And you could even start, I know this might be not problematic, but you want to have a clear idea of what you want in love. Because sometimes what your parents want in love are different from what you want. Right. So some of the advice that you can have from your parents or get from your parents might work for you if you want something similar. Mm. But if you don't want something similar, you also want to know yeah. what's going on for them. What are they choosing and what are their beliefs? And you're going to see how they create from their choices. That's going to really empower you to make the right choices for you. Right. Yeah. Because if if your parents don't have the kind of relationship you want, they can tell you what not to do. Don't do mm-hmm. what I did. <laughs> Right. right, 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 right. And when you say that, that actually brings up something as far as like, you know, the closure thing. I mean, we talk we in our community, we talk a lot about this, this whole concept of generational curses, you know, and that's when, you know, you, you legitimately your grandmother, her mother and everybody, they go through that same scenario, same situation. It just seems like you know, everyone in the family, or they have kids at a young age, or they, you know, end up in these toxic relationships, or whatever. And I believe that when you, when you say that, as far as like maybe that's a survival skill that we learn, you know, inadvertently when we're younger. You know, we fall back on what's comfortable for us. So if we see that, you know, mom had this type of relationship with dad, grandmother had that type of relationship with, you know, grandfather, then that's the type of relationship that we end up in, you know. So, yeah, I think closure and really knowing what you want as a person. You may not want what your mom wants. You will not, or you're what your dad wanted. You know, I think that really makes a difference is, you know, sitting down and isolating what I want as a person and what feeds my soul spiritually. You know, I think that's really important. Yeah. Wow. You know, one thing that I want to say about that, I love what you shared because I, I could go really deep on this thing on generational curses uh, simply because it, it's part of the programming of, of being taught to not challenge the status quo. Another thing that I've realized over the years of doing this work, when, when I go into the healing work with my clients uh, or, um, or the healing, what I notice is the following. Many times, subconsciously, you don't want to challenge your mom or your dad and you choose to have the same patterns as them and you choose to attract the same thing, not because you're cursed, it's because you don't want to make your parents feel bad where you have love and they don't. Mm -hmm. And that could create conflict inside of the family. So you learn how to adapt and be like your parents. So one of the easiest ways to look at this is when you're a kid, you know how they show you these videos of kids cursing, right? Like they learned that because their parents were cursing. So one of the things that kids do is that they're like, okay, in order for me to get 
love, food, etc. I need to make my parents happy and I need to be like them. So that's how you start kind of like losing yourself and being more so like your family, even though you might not be like them, just because you don't want to lose their love. So healing from that, and that's why I say like start asking yourself, what do you want and, and, and have the courageousness to release it. That's actually one of the things that took me the most to heal from, not just in my love life. It's just that I had a really codependent relationship with my mom. And also my mom like inflicted a lot of fear in me. Like I had to do things her way or it was like my way or the highway. Mm -hmm. And so if I challenge her, she would say a lot of things like it's going to go wrong. Like I'm telling you the truth. Like if you only, if you do things my way, things are going to work out. So I had a lot of fear of challenging her because I started to repeat her patterns of, I would notice that whenever my mom would go out and she would do things on her own, things would go wrong. So I started to repeat that. And Mm. in that moment I was like, wow, maybe my mom is right. But I didn't realize that I was losing my sense of power and inner authority. If I'm a woman of faith, right, uh, depends on, you know, what you believe in. Even if you're not a person of faith, it's a matter of, like, creating your own destiny and your own life. Mm-hmm. And you need to create that space where you are assertive. And that's why I said that releasing those fears of what you feel like could happen to you, if you were to choose differently, if you, if you were to choose to have love is going to make a huge difference in feeling like you need to get closure from people, mm-hmm. right? Because you're no longer going to feel like there's a threat or you're in danger or you could potentially lose all love if you do something different or if you just let go of a specific person. Right. Man, that's huge. That's awesome. I, that's wow. Is. You gave me a lot to think about. I, I'm, <laughs> once we get this podcast up and active, I'm going to go back and listen for myself so right. I can write down notes because this was awesome. I, I Man, I'm so honored for you to be on. I'm glad you came on. I think this is going to be so, so helpful for a lot of people who are exactly in that spot where they're stuck waiting for that closure. I think this is really going to help them get unstuck. I appreciate you so much, Nicole. I want you to give the people, let them know how they can contact you, where they can find you, how they can follow you, because you're doing some awesome work. Thank you so much. I'm so uh, grateful to be here, and I appreciate you too. Like what you're doing is amazing. As soon as I, I saw your podcast, I was like, ah, I love this. <laughs> thank <laughs> I you. Love this. So thank, thank you. For, thank you. Yes. yes. Thank you both for creating it and and for being, um, so great at it and for for being vulnerable with me too. Yeah. Uh, I would. So the audience can find me at Nicole N I C O L E. E L I com. So that's NicoleElisa.com. And uh, you can find my videos there, access to my YouTube videos, gifts, um, programs, etc. I help my audience really release a lot of generational stuff, yeah. beliefs that you might have integrated that are not even yours. Many of us are so sensitive and so empathic and so open 
that when we pick up so much energy around us and then you're wondering like, why is my love life out of control? Or why am I not feeling that confident? So I, I help, um, women really feel confident in their own skin and attract their ideal partner. And I, I really help also, um, men really tap into releasing a lot of emotional blockages that get in the way of them feeling and being really strong in their, their convictions around love and, and being their, their masculine selves. Right. Cause nowadays there's a lot of, um, judgment <laughs> around right. masculinity. Right. Most and, uh, masculinity is devoid of emotion, but I think men are more emotional than us. Yes. I can tell you for a fact. Yes, that is true. Uh, <laughs> that is very much true. You know, I cry almost every day. Well, not every day. <laughs> right. One of the things I do want to take from that is three words, courage, not conformity. You know, having the courage to break away from the things that, you know, that you that have been challenging you know, for you and not conforming to what mom's done, what dad's done, what grandpa's done, you know, just being your own you and figuring out what makes your love life move, you know, and not what made your mom's or your dad's love life move. So that's what I take from that. Definitely. Well, people, I hope y'all go out and follow Miss Nicole. I think I've already subscribed to your YouTube channel. If I haven't, I definitely will. So I can get notifications yeah. when you upload new videos. Cause right, I did, right. I watched a couple of your videos and they are awesome. So yeah, they are. you can be my virtual love coach. We do. That's the one thing that that's the one area of our lives that we neglect. Cause we think, like you said, it just happens. Right. You, you work so hard to build a career, to build a business, all of those things you put all that effort into. And when they're successful, that is why. But you think that you don't have to put that same effort into your love life and you want those results, but that's not going to happen. You got to put that same amount of fervor and effort into your love life in order to get those results as well. So I love that. It's true. So thank you so much. And anything you want to leave the people with before we wrap up? Take responsibility for your love life. I mean, there's nothing more empowering than taking responsibility for something. When you don't leave it, like one thing that I want to say, it's not a lot of people say, if God wants me to have love, then I'll have it. Mm. Well, we all know that story that says, you know, uh, where God tells you like faith without works is dead. Right. So many times, you know, God says to us like, Hey, you're not responsible for how, you know, the environment you grew up in, but you are responsible to change things around. So when we work with love, with faith and we listen and we are willing, we will see change. And one of the things you said is that in love, specifically in love is the area where we have a lot of unconscious things going on, mm-hmm. but it feels for me personally, feels super rich mm-hmm. to find out a new thing. Yeah. And I choose to enjoy it and I choose to commit to it um, no matter where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that my clients do that too. So 
we just find so much love within this work and so much happiness, pleasure, and joy. Mm-hmm. Knowing that we can change things around in our love life is such a privilege, right? A lot of people don't know this and it opens up so many doors. So I would invite everybody just to take responsibility for themselves. You can watch a lot of my YouTube videos and, and you know, consider it the programs too, because it works. You know, I've helped people who are single for over 10 years and they would do all the quote unquote right things mm-hmm. and it wasn't working and they were about to give up. But once we started to really uncover their subconscious beliefs and release them, wow. they would attract their ideal partner like in months, four wow. months, three months, yeah. stuff like that. Imagine doing, putting so much conscious effort into something without knowing that your subconscious is trying to protect itself from love. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's powerful. So y'all wow. guys got a love coach now, young lady. Stop listening to Bridget <laughs> Five. Maybe she gonna be your love coach. You know, definitely tune in to her YouTube channel. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you again, Nicole. It was such a pleasure, and we'll 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 be hooking up with you again. We'll have another great topic for you to cover for us. Yeah, that would be great. I would love to. All right. Well, you stay safe out there from that that nasty virus. And we'll talk to you soon. Have a good night. (laughs) Hello, Dope Discussion listeners. I just wanted to come on and do a quick thank you and give a shout out to some awesome ladies that I met last week at a networking event here in Hammond. I want to say thank you so much to Miss Kay Opplinger. She's a Rodan and Fields consultant. Um, she is an awesome lady. She actually invited me to the event and she organized the event. Um, she is so awesome. She's doing big things in her business with Rodan and Fields, and that's a skincare company. So if you all are interested in the Rodan and Fields skincare line, please contact Miss K at 912-223-7228. You can email her at K-A-Y-S-O-P-L-I-N-G-E-R at gmail.com. You can also visit her website, which is K-A-Y-O-P-L-I-N-G-E-R dot M-Y-R-A-N-D-F dot com. That's K-Opplinger dot Myra ndf.com also want to do a special shout out to bar chicks bar chicks is a mobile bartending service they will actually come to your event or your home whatever it is that you're doing and they will set up and they will bartend for you they are the mixologists for hire So if you need a certified, experienced professional, they've got you covered. You can check out Bar Chicks on Instagram. Their Instagram page is simply Bar Chicks 1. That's B-A-R-C-H-I-C-Z and the number 1. Hit those ladies up. They have some awesome services, some great drinks. 
You can also contact them by phone at 985-503-9110. Also, I have a special shout out at Miss Jennifer Elliott. Miss Jennifer Elliott is a travel agent. She can connect you with some luxurious um, vacation packages at great prices. So if you are in the market for a great vacation at a great deal, you want to contact Jennifer at 985-231-1200. You can also email her at Jen, that's J-E-N, at travelagentgen.com. That's J-E-N at travelagentgen.com. You can also check out her website, which is http colon forward slash forward slash travelagentgen.com. Check those ladies out. They have some awesome businesses, awesome services, and they are awesome ladies because I know I met them. So shout out to you ladies. Thank you so much for listening. Y'all have a good day.